Hey yo, welcome back to the High Kicks podcast. Uh, we're back from our little break. Carl's feeling a lot better now. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yep. Un- unintentionally wearing the Santa hat in the background. Oh yeah, of course. No, that's obviously intentional. I actually changed my position in my chair so that it could sit above my head more. Did you actually? So, yeah. All right, that that's a move. That's a move. I respect that. I got you there. Um. We're going to change it up a little bit this week. Instead of mostly focusing on games and breakdown and all that, I want to take more of like a news-centric kind of banter-filled approach. Um, Just because in the last two weeks that we've been gone, there's been a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like a lot. Yeah. The, Did I say that there's be been a, a jam-packed lot? week? Yeah. So we're just going to jump right in with the thing that now everyone wants to just go away. But yeah. some somebody won't <clears throat> pop up for us, won't shut up. So <laughs> <laughs> um, this fallout is insane because after 48 hours, the entire thing collapsed. The entire European Super League collapsed. It wasn't going to keep up once they contested the trophies. I don't think it was... I just thought it wasn't going to keep up when they got threatened with international bans and their domestic leagues threatened to kick them out. Yeah. Like, but but you have Papa Perez still standing here just like they sign binding contracts. They have to pay a fee if they leave. And, like, this will happen or something similar will happen in the future. Like, my guy is starting to sound like a Bond villain. Yeah, literally. I I don't fully understand what he's trying to do in this situation. It just sounds like he's trying to milk it for all he's got. I, I had a whole conversation with... My friend Michael, while we were we were playing video games the other day, and he was like, they just want more money. And I was like, no. I mean, yes, but they're really trying to cover up for poorly run clubs over the last couple of years. Have you noticed that the only two clubs that are still really pushing for this, or three clubs, are Juve, Barca, and Real, three clubs who've spent a lot of money and haven't recouped it back? And... Look at their Champions League success the past couple of years when yeah. some of their star players are not doing the best and or leaving. And, like, I know we just went through a global pandemic, but it's a very poor excuse that all these clubs are using sometimes when Bayern's chilling. And they spent money. Like you get to see Bayern some contest clubs, every single year. You get to see PSG contest every single year. You get to see like new clubs are coming in too. Like that's the main thing. Like there are cycles to these things, well, and people new clubs are just come pretend- up, and then when they come up in Germany, Bayern plucks everything away from them, and you know that's different. We aren't talking about Germany. I'm talking more like England because look at man shitty over there and what they're doing. I know, but whatever. Um, this whole thing with the UCL and the whole way they described it, I, because I feel like we should give our opinions on it because we haven't yet. Yeah. So I actually didn't mind the format and the way it was laid out, 
except for the fact that the founding clubs were guaranteed their spot every year. Like I yeah. think I think a 20 team league where with the best teams in Europe where you have 10 games or however many games they said I think it was 10. Yeah. And then you fucking go into a normal knockout stage. I think that could be cool. I thought the, the games being played were going to be potentially one of the coolest parts about the entire competition. The only I issue I had is the guaranteed placement. Because we got to see Arsenal this year. We got to see Tottenham this year. We get to see these teams who, like, at some points in the season are either looking great or looking like the worst in the Prem. Like, we got to I see mean, these Arsenal, teams. Arsenal went from looking like a relegation side to looking like a mid-table side. Spurs went from looking like the best team in the Prem to a mid-table side. So, like, there's a little bit of a difference there. Like, yeah. Spurs had Champions but, League aspirations. Arsenal, if they thought they did, they were lying to themselves. Well, they were just... There's just... It. There's just no situation where a team like West Ham should finish 5th and a team like Arsenal should finish 10th and Arsenal should be in a Super League and West Ham shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's my thing. And also, like, with the way that Germany works a lot, um, the alteration in who's actually competing for the top of the table just based on is based on young talent for teams and then they get scooped up and then those teams tend not to be very good Wolfsburg yep. uh so we'll see if like if you're going to start including other leagues how much of a competition is this going to be is this just a complete repetition of the Champions League well it would be a, it would be a little bit of a different competition. The biggest thing, though, that all these clubs wanted is the guaranteed payday of being in this league every year, and yeah. that would have destroyed the football pyramid that everyone loved, because a select few clubs, just because they decided it was them, would get access to money that no one else has. And. Um, it's not like they deserved it at any point in time. They literally no. are just like they're just okay, negotiating it behind the scenes. We have the money. So so this dominated the news and I think it's still going to until Florentino just decides to shut his mouth. But what it kind of did was it covered up the the fact that there's a whole new Champions League format coming. Yeah, like, and, honestly, I didn't even hear about it until you mentioned it to me. Yeah, um, so, so, Ilke Gundogan, wow, Ilke Gundogan, I almost said Gundogan, and that would have just been, like, <laughs> hashtag American. Um, <laughs> wow. I can't, I can't believe I just did that, but that was the most awful thing I've done. So, but... I was, like, dabbing on camera. Kinda, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> no, but so the UCL is going from 32 to 36 teams, and it's it's going to be kind of a table, like a single tabled competition. Um, No more group stage, but instead of six games, 
the players are now going to be playing 10. Mm-hmm. So to start there, Ilke Gundogan came out and said, and I, yeah, um, as I previously mentioned, that no one is thinking about the players. This is just adding more to their bodies and their workload, and they're going to get hurt more, and then people are going to complain about bad quality football. Um, yeah. Like, bruh. Um, no and the more... only teams that will be able to compete are like the cities, are the Bayerns, yeah. are the teams with like the substantial depth. Something I do like is there won't be any more repeat matches during the group stage or during the table stage or whatever the hell we want to call it now. That's a positive. I'll take that. They did well there. Sometimes I want the repeats. But you get the repeats when the games are better with higher level competition in the knockout stages. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's entirely fair. Like you get a better gauge of how good a team is when it's not playing just the same three teams twice. Yeah, that's fair. That's probably the only positive I can say. Um, I have a huge issue with the freaking coefficients, the club coefficient, because it's like, it gives it to clubs who haven't qualified for the UCL but have done really well. It like it the best performing teams numbers wise that didn't get into the league stage but qualified for Europe would get bumped up into the league phase. Yeah, I feel like they're just trying to make it more inclusive for like other teams to make it more like of like that March Madness field because there's... you can have like those random upsets and stuff. Well, no, but... but what the club coefficient means is that like United can finish six and West Ham can finish fifth and United can get bumped up if they have certain numbers that qualify them. Yeah, and other competition and stuff. Yeah, which I have an issue with a club finishing below yeah. another club, but yeah. Um, I think the new knockout stage is weird. With the whole, like, the top eight teams go, but, like, 9 through 24 enter a playoff, and, like, 9 through 16. Like, it's just too confusing. Yeah, I, I honestly was reading the playoff. Uh, like, 17 ranking, through 24 I just got confused. won't be seated, and there's a drawing for freaking aggregate games. Yeah. Like, I'm reading this off of CBS, and they... Did a really good job breaking it down really short. Um, but UEFA tried after, to do the same thing and it after is all of that, like all after all that craziness, the round of 16 to the end is the same. Um, yeah, so UEFA said they did it to get the top clubs to play each other more, which is the same thing the Super League was trying to do. This just adds to them playing more, which isn't necessarily a good thing, you know. No, because we do want to see the quality football. We don't want to see the trash. And if we constantly have to wear out all these players, when are they supposed to play their best? Like, KDB can become more injury-prone. Neymar can become more injury-prone. These players aren't invincible. Yeah, so more football doesn't mean good football. More sports doesn't mean good sports. Like, players are people. Bodies have limits. I don't care if they're in incredible shape. I don't care if they're making millions upon millions of euros a year to play a game. 
because if you overplay them and they get hurt, the next criticism is they're hurt too often, they're never on the field. That's the main thing. Like, they're just going to see more criticism by the media. It's not going to be solved by this. Nothing, like, in terms of quality will be solved by this. That's one of the main issues. And the, people expect more to be better. But when you get to see, like, American football and stuff, you don't want to see more in those instances. No. Like, you have no. enough already. Yeah, they're getting enough concussions. Trust me enough. Like you, mm-hmm. you have to see limits to the body, and so- soccer yep. football is enough of the take. Where did you just say soccer football? It's straining enough on the body. You need to have the time to rest. Yeah, you just your body needs time off. You need time to recover. Yeah, you I said soccer football. Yeah, it's weird, but okay. Um, I think we're just going to get into some Champions League actual like play right now because yep. semifinals were this week, and dude, I think we've we've like we've we've talked about this enough that it's common knowledge, at least between us, but. N'Golo Conte is the best CDM in Europe. And like, By far. Like, it's not close. Like, Pogba has said that when he's playing with Conte and he's just not back to defend, he's not worried because Conte is just always there because he has 15 lungs. Conte just is literally the biggest steam engine of any player ever, and he just will constantly run around the entire field, take every single player... And just be like, okay, I can play you 1v1, or I can intercept the lane, or I can literally just He do, can do like, everything and anything. It's unreal. It, unreal. It's absolutely absurd what he was able to do against Real Madrid. Like, yeah, he, just he was everywhere. Every ball he was contesting, pretty much. And so, he was on the end of every single ball in his half, So when you when you are playing against a midfield that consists of Cruz, Casemiro, and Modric, and you're the best midfielder on the field, and your midfield is outplaying them solely because of you... Let those names sink in. Tony Cruz... Casemiro, who's one of those dudes with one name. Casemiro is literally potentially one of the best CDMs in the world. And N'Golo Conte just smiles at him as he destroys him because... As he runs laps around him. Got to be correct. it, It was insane watching him do what he did. Or what he does. He was just dominating the midfield so outrageously that I <coughs> I I was thoroughly surprised. I, I just oh, wait, wait, was wait, wait, not wait, expecting wait, wait, wait. that. Did you see what Tiago Silva's wife apparently tweeted after the game? Nah. She was like, every team we go to, there's always just this striker that can't finish goals. This time it's this Werner or whatever his name is. <laughs> <laughs> I saw another clip that before Pulisic scored, it was like, 
Werner is wide open in the middle, and it says Pulisic looked over and saw Werner. Was like, nah, bro, I'm gonna take this myself. Yeah, exactly. We we saw that save by Courtois. Great save, honestly. By I mean, Courtois. You do have to finish it. You you have to score that. You but have to score that. Courtois didn't get enough credit for that save. Like he wasn't standing there already. He was shifting to the side. So yeah. shooting it to the middle wasn't a terrible option. You know what I mean? But same token, you gotta finish that when you're getting paid that much. Absolutely. Like he just has not performed for the price tag. And you were mentioning that earlier. How yeah. you were thanking God that you didn't sign him for Liverpool. Oh my and... god. I was so so pissed. And then yeah. like Dude, I am ecstatic still. And like I was mad then because like do you want Timo Werner or do you want Diogo Jota after last season? Uh you want Werner. And who do you want now? Um I want the Gante on any team that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Fair, but, uh, fair. Definitely Jota, definitely Jota, based on the the few performances he's had compared to Werner. Werner has had so many chances in order to try to show himself, and he just... Hasn't. Hasn't. Well, I mean, it, he's there, leading... There's a reason why he is, like, a leading meme on TikTok. I mean, he's leading their team in goals in the Prem with, like, six. Is that impressive for how many chances he's had? No, but it's also not impressive that six is leading their team in goals at this stage in the season. Um, so this Chelsea has become a defensive like stalwart recently with Thomas Tuchel. It's absurd. It's impressive. With Reese James with and Chilwell. Thomas Tuckle is on the verge of a second straight UCL final. With Chelsea. And, yeah, the second club is Chelsea. So I'm not trying to discredit Tuckle or even Poch right now, but I just feel like any top-class manager could take PSG to the semis or to the final. Like, honestly, yeah. they just have that much talent. Um. But to do it with Chelsea this season, after I'm... taking over in January, he is trans. Like they would not have gotten this far with Lampard in charge. No, not at all. And I think it's really surprising the formation change that's really helped them. And they can even play like Havertz up top in some situations and still be okay. They're capable of doing pretty much any formation. Like, that alternating, like, 3-4-2-1 is absolutely nuts. Yeah. I, I have no clue, like, how he thought of it, but every single team in the Prem is attempting to replicate it in some way. Leicester yeah. tried to do it, mm -hmm. and, like, they weren't as successful, but being able to have that attacking prowess while still having five at the back in essential moments. Yep. Thomas Tuchel is... Genius. A juggernaut right now. Yep. Yep. 
Um, so this game, or this tie, I guess, because it's multiple games, is a lot closer than the other one, obviously. So we're at 1-1. Chelsea's got that away goal. How does Madrid ensure they progress? What do, what do they got to do at the bridge to to win? They need that midfield play. They need that midfield possession. That that was the main thing that they kept on lacking. Casemiro was not able to cover anyone during that game. He has to actually be able to put pressure on them. Modric has to be able to play balls out of the middle. Cruz has to be able to find people down the wings. Like, you have to be able to be able to... Uh, you I have just to be able, be able to be to. able? You have to be able yeah. to be able to? To cool. play balls at the proper moments and just pass it on and keep momentum going. But you just kept on seeing stagnant play from Real. And if you really get that midfield play intertwined i i could see them taking it i could see them winning 2-1 easily but i with the way that chelsea were playing they they really showed them that they can out possess them despite not having have. a midfield that can match up also yeah. a, a massive thing that would improve everything if Ramos was there. Oh, well, that's just a given. If Ramos was there, I don't even think we would be talking about this. I mean, yeah, but he he wasn't there, so we're talking yeah, about exactly. this. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Um, But they just, I mean, one goal in their through. One but, goal in their through, but also they're so short on players. Like, they played Audrey Azola. I just botched his name, but like you no, know actually, who I'm talking about. It's Audrey Azola. Audrey Azola. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um he he's that Spanish right back and he came in for Carvajal just because like a phallus and stuff. And mm-hmm. when you have players who are coming in who don't see well, the first al- team that also, regularly. He's also young and I think they're trying to get him more first team time. That's fair. I think he has been seeing some more like the issue is we don't we don't have access or pay for like the the channels that have La Liga yeah so we don't get to watch Real that much except for when they're in the Champions League which is really really annoying Marcelo still played a good game, surprisingly. Marcelo's he got pressured a lot, but he still played a decent game. Marcelo's just different, but um, we're going to move on to me being sad because Liverpool can't hold a lead. <laughs> and so, so hear me out with this. Not only did they blow this damn lead, they blew it twice, Carl. Yeah, no, I remember. In the span of two minutes. Because there was a goal that I think should have been a goal because I think the handball rule leading up to a goal is stupid. The ball his arm was on his side. Fully I'm That's the main thing. Like I'm gonna gonna stand up right now so you can see this. It his it's like 
I can't get high enough up to do it, so I'm not going to do it. I tried. Um, but it's like pinned up against his leg, and it, it didn't impact the path or the drop of the ball, so it should have been a goal, so they should have yeah. drawn anyway. But the fact that it got ruled out and Liverpool <laughs> like turned around and let in another one, like... In dramatic fashion like, as well. Like, like... It was a great boy. goal. Like, boy. Or like, bruh. It, it was it was hilarious. I had a great time watching that. Like I I did not. I mean I it was exciting. I can't lie. It was really exciting up until that for you, but it, well, my, it was just yeah. really entertaining. So as a football fan, it was exciting. As a Liverpool fan, it wasn't. So so Klopp also had a little bit to say about his club and about the players and about their fight for the top four. Um, he, he, he questioned their pedigree for Europe. He, he, he actually went there and questioned if his club and his players deserve to play in Europe next year. And what, what, what does the Liverpool fan have to say first? Because I question them too. I mean, he's right. If they like, the, if they the steal a spot, Konate is not going to seal that team up. Well, the return of Van Dijk and Gomez will. We don't know, bro. We need to see how great Van Dijk is. Like, yeah, on but his so, way back. so so if Gomez and Konate though would be good together. Yeah, and. So, like, there's other options at center back. I think that's going to get patched up next year. I really do. Okay. Um, yeah. So, there's okay. that. Um, so, I'm not really questioning that. I just I think they're going to do whatever they can to patch that up because of how much of a shit show it's been this year. Um, I think that just doesn't solve the finishing issue either, though. Like just well, because I, they... I truly, I truly think the finishing issue comes down to you try and you, you sell whoever they're trying to sell. You bring in somebody else. You shake up the midfield to actually add like an on-ball dynamic playmaking midfielder. Because Tiago, or... Tiago does it from the back. But they don't really have anybody who dribbles and picks out plays from the middle of the field. They need Fabinho and Thiago to be those holding midfielders. I mean, and that's they need just... exactly who you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It, honestly, like a Grelish or someone, but like Grelish is just perfect for like any team. Honestly, you know who just popped into my head who would be a perfect fit? Who? Brant. Yeah, but Brant was exactly what Arsenal needed to until they found Emil uh, Rose. Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe, and then um, Odegaard. Odegaard. Yeah, but <clears throat> Julian, Julian Brant is like a player yeah. like that. A player like that. He He's more... <clears throat> Of a pedigree above than, although, Odegaard. Uh, although, if doable, 
I would always be okay with Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, I saw that report too, but guess what? PSG's still trying to get messy too, so... Alright, I don't know why I just did that, but we're going to go into another team who dropped some points that makes me happy because West Ham lost to Chelsea. Um, and I don't understand why that makes you happy. Because when Liverpool dropped points and instead of a draw here, West Ham got zero and Liverpool got one, so Liverpool closed the gap on West Ham a little bit. Yeah, but Chelsea created more of a gap. Yeah, but... Aren't you trying to finish top four? I am trying to finish top four. So then why are you excited? Like, I don't get this. But, like... But but you're realistic. Oh, I'm sorry to say... No, 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 I am realistic. I'd like fifth, because fifth is better than sixth. I'd like to finish above West Ham and not be, you know, embarrassed. Um, nothing against West Ham, but defending European champions. You're or not European, Premier League. No matter what. Sorry, defending Premier League champions and was Club World Cup when the season started and then Bayern took that weird, I don't know. Shit's confusing. But defending yeah. something should finish below West Ham. That's why I'm kind of happy. Let me see something that makes me happy. You don't deserve it. Lingard's coming back to to tear up at uh, Man U at the end of the season. Hopefully he's playing like the left wing. We put Rashford on the right wing. We sign Ronaldo and Varane, and then you get to cry it o- over and over again. Can we not talk about that? I don't want to What you think about that? that? Hmm? I don't like that. I think that's the perfect team. I think it's time we talk about one of my favorite people. Shut up! He was an animal this weekend. That is the only reason why Man U drew this weekend. That is the only reason Man U drew this weekend. Melier literally was just like, every single shot. Oh my god. Apologies to my favorite dude. I typoed. There's two L's in his name instead of one, and I fixed it on the graphic. (laughs) I, we chillin'. Nah, I gotta fix a little bit more, but keep talking about him. Yeah, Yeah, but he was essentially like, um, there's a lacrosse video that's really funny where a guy's just, like, marching straight at someone with, uh, Who's shooting at him? And I, I just imagine Melier doing that after watching this game. It was right. absolutely nuts. All right, now that I fixed the graphic, um, for real, what's this dude's ceiling? Because he's French. He's like twenty-one. All everybody talks about in terms of young French players is Ryan Cherokee, Eduardo Camavinga. Or is Ryan Cherokee? Yeah, Ryan Cherokee's French, right? Yeah. All right. Cherokee, Kamavinga, the defenders, Upamakano, Kanate, and all that. All right. But this dude has potential to be a rock in the back for France. Honestly, 
if he keeps on playing the way that he is, he may see like a prime De Gea type vibe. I would love to see it. He's unreal. I love him. I I, I could see him being more or he sort of plays more like De Gea than Courtois. Um, um, he's the size of Courtois, but plays a little more like De Gea, in my opinion. I disagree with that. De Gea has always been a little bit more punch instead of catch, and Melier goes for the catch as often as he can. So, who would you relate him to? Why do you gotta relate everybody to everybody? These comparisons are fun. Yeah, but like I don't know, he's a tall, skinny goalkeeper. So, so who who who's prime are you gonna compare him to? Like like I, what? I can't yet because I don't know what his prime is. You know what I mean? Like, bro, I just tried to compare him to Prime De Gea as a man. You you cut out again? Nah, but my point here is like. I don't know what his prime is going to look like. I don't know. Like, I, I have a hard time doing all this stuff because, like... Come up with someone. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but, like... Would you think of him as, like, a prime Courtois? Like, do you think he has, like, O-block potential where, like, like so, he could be the best keeper in the world? So, so I see Neuer. a little... I see a little bit of... I don't see any Neuer in him. He's not, as, he's not that aggressive. Um, I don't see Neuer. I see a little bit of Courtois because um, of the size and all that. I do see some De Gea, but I, I kind of like really, if you really want me, I see it as a mixture really of those two. Okay. Like, it's hard to pick one. Yeah, I completely agree with you. That's why um, I made the initial comparison between yeah. the two of them. Like... I'm trying to think of a keeper whose level, like. I think we're harping on this too much, honestly. Yeah, I just think realistically, like, I think the dude could be really, really, really good. I think he could be a rock for France for a very, very, very long time. I think and he has Donnarumma potential. Yeah. Honestly. Like, I think he has Donnarumma potential. Alright, let's All right. keep it moving. Um, So we talked about De Gea a little bit. I didn't even know that comparison was going to come. Um, It was a little bit blasphemous, but that was kind of the point of it. But should he leave this summer? Because it seems like the dude's lost his spot. Like, I would be out. I feel like he's got a lot of time left to be really, really, really good. And I feel like United could make a good amount of money off of him. That's the main thing. United can make the money that I could sign Veron and sign Ronaldo this offseason, even though we have it. How much do you think they could make from him? Not that much. What do you think? Probably like 20, 25. De Gea is worth 19.8 million pounds, according to transfermarket.co.uk. So I could see him going for like 20 somewhere. Yeah, 20 somewhere would be like. Reasonable, yeah. Reasonable, just because of his prime in the past. Um, what is he like? Thirty one, thirty two. Like he's he's young. Yeah, he's young for a. 
keeper at that. So, yeah, like we just saw Navas today have an amazing game despite losing, and well, he's thirty four. He, I'm pretty sure Navas always has a great game. He's like one of the most underrated keepers of his generation. I I've oh, told you by this. far the most underrated right. keeper of cool. our cool. generation. I don't think Madrid should have sold him. No. For Courtois, like I, I, they didn't need to. It well, I'm sorry, but they needed they, some sort of change. Why? I don't know. Why? There was something about them that just was like they won UCL after UCL after UCL. Yeah, but they thought that Ronaldo leaving meant full change. That's fair. That's fair. And That's fair. If you if you think if you think you have a chance at Courtois at that point in time, Courtois looked like he had was gonna have a better prime. Fair, fair, fair. Um Alright. Let's get back a little bit into more Prem because yep. It's more, you know, what we do and what we what we actually get to watch. But so in the last couple of weeks, Lester has been kind of kicking on it. Fire. Well, kind of on fire, kind of not. Like we questioned there if they were gonna drop. Yeah. But so in his last nine games, or something like that, Kalechi and Acho has scored something along the lines of. Yeah, 12 goals or something in nine games. Um, He scored the winner against Palace. Um, that um, duo of him and Vardy up top has just been It's been connecting. scary. But, like, how good can this dude get? You know what I mean? Like, how, how good is he really? How old is he, by chance? Do you know? I will check that. Yeah, check that, because if he's the age that I think he is, I think he's still young enough where he could develop into how a crazy old, player. How old do you think he is? 23. He's 24. My dude's middle name is Promise. My dude's middle name is Promise. His name is Kalechi or Kalechi, I'm not sure. But Kalechi promise Iannaccio. I promise you he'll be good. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah. Was but bad. no, in all honesty, I truly believe he'll be a disgusting player for Leicester. Um, he's just showing so much potential with that striker duo. Um, with the change of the formation, we can definitely see a lot more attacking options. Yep, and yep. I'm really interested to see what kind of attacking prowess they'll have going forward with Tielman's Dude, that, that winner that Madison. he scored this weekend was a freaking rocket top corner yeah yeah that was a fifa shot that was a fifa shot that was one of those shots that you look at your boy and you're like you flare that like what yeah exactly or like or like yo did you like how do you knuckle the ball 
even though it wasn't a knuckle. But like, how you hit the ball like that? <laughs> You're like, did did you just finesse that or fucking like full power? It? What what'd you just do? Like, if did you hit L one on the free kick, even though it wasn't a free kick? Yeah. Like that. Wow. That's what that shot was. Oh my god, my arm hurts. <laughs> 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 Brian just got a second shot if anyone's Dude, wondering. I was sitting like this and I was like, I literally can't hold my left arm up anymore. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't I don't feel like crap yet, which is good. Yeah. But Ian Nacho, I mean that was really all I wanted to get from that game because I think Ian Nacho could be He's just been the special replacement for Vardy. Could be. Could be. Um so, so can we just talk about something real quick? Sure. Is the League Cup still a competition? Not with Man City there. Like they're so good in that co- like four in a row. Four in a row. Like Sinchenko took a picture with it every single time. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more into City in a little bit. But like so, so, so Spurs, like, did they try, like, they, they fired Jose Mourinho a week before a final, right? You know you aren't going to win that, then. So, like, they Spurs. Again. But you just know you aren't going to win that at that point. But, so, like, so, like, now it makes me think they wanted Jose out and they couldn't have him potentially win this final and then fire him. I don't think they... I think they have less confidence in Jose. Than Ryan Ryan freaking Mason. Yeah. He was not liked by the players. That's fair. That's fair. Like, there there was disagreements. I, I just don't understand the way that Jose... Jose's actually coming into management positions anymore. Yeah. He is, he's been floundering for years now. Yup. Yup. Um, Alright, so we're going to jump back into City. I just kind of wanted to rip on Spurs because it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, so City have basically booked their ticket to the final. They're, they're chilling. Um, PSG came out Marquinhos scored. I heard a stat on CBS say that it he might have been or he's like one of three players or something to score in back to back quarterfinals and semifinals of the UCL. They were rolling and then halftime hit. And they went flat. But we'll get into that. CSG. I, City, I think hold on, it's hold more on, of PSG City. than City. I know, I know, but we'll get into PSG because that's the next thing I got queued up. Um, City did turn it on. City turned it on, especially on those free kicks. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Yeah. KDB's free kick was literally perfect. Yep. 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 There, there's no even, ex- there's no more explanation for it because if someone hits the ball, Novice was ready to try to save it, but if you don't hit the ball, it's still going in the net. Exactly. What are you supposed to do in that situation on a rainy day when the ball's perfect? I have no idea. 
Like, and then the the second goal I would say is the fault of Kempembe on the wall. Um, yeah, I mean it's hard to say it's the fault because like he just tucked in so much and but, but like like things happen when you jump. It's hard to do it yeah. exact like. It was unfortunate, and I guess, yes, it was his fault, but... Mares, nuts. Fair. Yeah. Nuts. Nuts. Uh, Mares was having an amazing game. He always does. He yeah. always does. But it still raises the question of what the hell happened to PSG? Like... They came that out... Neymar injury, they weren't the same, honestly. Once Neymar they came went out down... flat... They they were trash. They came out flat. Literally, I think that red card from Gay proved everything in just that they were frustrated, mm -hmm. they didn't know what to do, and they were just getting outplayed by City in the second half. They seem like they don't have the maturity to know what to do after they squander a lead. No. They have such a young squad that they don't have they don't have those players in their repertoire that can just be like, hey, we we can sit here and we will be fine. They don't. And they'll have time and I feel like they'll get them eventually. Uh but it kinda looks like our final is gonna be PSG or sorry, not PSG, wow. Sorry. City and shitty. So City versus um, either Real or Chelsea, because that's still up in the air. Yeah. That, that one is still up in the air. So so who you got? I'm going to have to take Man City. I'm a Manchester United fan, and I have to go for Manchester City. I don't know why. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but something tells me it's going to be Chelsea. I honestly could see that happening as well. Like, I could see Chelsea just surprising Man City in both games. Well, I don't think it's going to be a surprise. Well, it would be one game. The final is one game. It's not aggregate. Um, oh. yeah. But I'm more so like, I just could see Chelsea just being defensive and getting a goal. You know? They have enough talent recently. They've yep. been playing well enough. I, yep. I honestly think that they could hit City on a surprise. Like, I think, I think, well, I think it's going to be an all-England final because I think it's going to be Chelsea City. I uh, also agree with that. And I really, really, no disrespect to Madrid, but I really, 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 really then think that Somehow Chelsea's gonna pull it out, and we're gonna have the happiest Paul Rolf I've ever seen in my life. I don't think show. Chelsea will be able to pull it off, but I think they will play an amazing game. I just think City will be able to overpower them. Um, just I like could even City see should. it going to pens. Wow! Like okay. I, I could really see like a defensive kind of game that gets that far. It would be yeah. boring to watch, but if that's what it takes to, you know what I mean? I don't think City plays that style, though. I think City would possess enough where 
I don't think it would happen like that. Yeah, but I think that Chelsea's midfield could shut it down enough that it would just the game would happen in between the two final thirds. With with very little or not very little, but not much breakthrough play. How long can you hold them off for though? Well, so Chelsea's good enough to not have to hold them off for the full ninety. That's the point. Like So they, I think it'll they be can both score. But... Yeah. So I don't mean nil nil in terms of pens. But I just mean I could see the game getting that far. If that makes sense. I I I do understand what you mean. I just still see like, City being able to finish it within the allotted amount of time. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um Alright, so I I'm still in the lead in predictions. Yep. Um Screw you. We didn't do last week because of things, so it's still nineteen sixteen. Me, um, next season oh, yeah, that that changed uh from the last time we had this up. So oh no yeah uh, sorry sorry it's not still nineteen sixteen. I'm still in the lead, but I got three points. Carl got four. He's at sixteen from twelve. I'm at nineteen from sixteen. Um, yep. We predicted a lot of games and didn't get a lot of points. So nope, if you're if you're if you're betting on footy, don't take our advice. <laughs> Please don't. As said by the great Matthew Berry of American fantasy football, if you take my advice and win, you're welcome. If you take my advice and lose, it's your fault for listening. Yup. I mean, yup. So I'm gonna jump in and do this first one. Um, okay. Leicester Southampton, um, Friday, April 30th. I um taking Leicester. I'm taking 3-1. 3-1? Yes. That sounds like a good score. I'm going to steal that, too. I'm also going to say the same score for Man City versus uh, Crystal Palace. Dude, I'm going 4 nothing for that. <laughs> You're going for nothing. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Scratch that. Scratch that. Scratch that. No. Yeah, I'm going for nothing. I'm gonna go three nothing. Actually, I'm I was thinking. That. I was thinking that they were gonna maybe not play everybody for like Champions League reasons, but um, they're up two one with two away goals. Yeah. Um, I. Brighton leads. Brighton leads. Leads are so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. It's like <laughs> No, yeah, no. If you want me to go first, I will. I'm going two one leads. Two one leads? I'm gonna go for a draw. One one. Fair. Um So for the next one is Chelsea versus Fulham. Uh, for this one, I'm feeling Chelsea, obviously. But I'm thinking a 2-0. 1-0. 1-0 Chelsea. 1-0 Chelsea. Yeah, I'm taking 2-0 Chelsea. Cool. What about this next game? This one is actually a relatively big one for both teams. 
You just wanted to take all the hard ones this week, apparently. I set it up so I get our game first. Um, uh, you rat. Yeah. Um, I'll take Villa 2-1. You rat. You literally were going to do exactly what I was going to do. I actually put that one in ahead of time. <laughs> cool. Um, cool. I mean, yeah. hey, hey, the more same scores we have, the more um, I just stay ahead. I'm taking Arsenal 1-1. What? Against Newcastle. Okay. I'm going to go Newcastle 1-0, Joe Willick. Joe, I'm going to make a side note. <laughs> You do realize in the last four games he's been subbed on in the second half he scored, right? He scored the tire or the equalizer against Liverpool. And Arsenal's his parent club who he's on loan from. He's going to score against them. I hate That's Arsenal. That's why I said 1-1, one, one, but keep it going. Yeah. Our yeah. game. So what's your prediction for our game? Give me a sec. I got to click on something. This one I actually like need to um see some stoofs. So like I'm taking a confident two one. You're taking a confident two one? Yeah. I'll go first. And you. So like I'm gonna go two one Liverpool because I think they're gonna try and make a statement. Can't wait for them to lose. Watch, it's going to be a draw. Neither of us are going to get points. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's definitely going to be a nil-nil draw because that's just how all the big six games are. Yeah. Uh, Spurs-Sheffield, I'm going to take Spurs 3-0 because they're going to try to show out. I'm going to go... I just don't know... Actually, I'm going to go 2-0. I don't know what Ryan Mason is capable of as a manager, but it's Sheffield. Uh, that's why I said 3-0. Yeah. Um, Wolves 2-0 over West Brom. Uh, two- uh, sorry. So, uh, yeah, 2-0. I'm going to leave it. Gut feeling. I'm taking 1-1 one, one draw. Okay, cool. And then Burnley, West Ham. I'm taking West Ham 3-1. 2-1 for me. Damn. All right. That wraps it up for our predictions for this week. That do wrap up the predictions. It do, it do. Hopefully Brian sucks this week and I can catch up so that it's more interesting for you guys. But we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Before we go... I'm just trying to think, like, if there's anything else that we missed that we didn't get to. We both got new haircuts. We did both get new haircuts. I think that's what you were missing. Yes. Yes. Oh, also, um, I got to shout this out because I work on the show also. Um, my girlfriend's got a podcast um, that I do the tech for, kind of the same way I do the tech for our show. Um, 
It's called We Be Trippin'. It's kind of cool. It's a travel podcast. Um, yeah. Go check them out. I think that's about it. We didn't we didn't really miss much footy in terms of talk because there was a lot, you know. I think we touched upon everything. Yep, yep. Um, I still haven't posted anything on TikTok, but it's coming <laughs> at some point. Um, you know. Yeah, we'll I get think there. that's we'll going to wrap it up for that's this gonna week. That's going to wrap it up. Hopefully we'll see we'll, we'll see you guys next week. Um yep. We will be taking some kind of break towards the end of May a little bit. Um Yeah, for graduation and move out and stuff, but Yeah, more well not necessarily move out because I'm going to leave my stuff here over uh, over the summer. But we'll, we'll, we'll figure get, that out. We'll get to that. But we'll give you guys more talk about like what's going on when we graduate and that kind of plans. Um, thanks for tuning in. We're having a lot of fun doing this. We'll yes, catch sir. you guys next week. Adios. All right. Much love. Peace.